I'm Kendra Tombolato, here with Mei Zhang, and this is the China Travel Podcast by Wild China Travel. Each week, we'll be heading to a new place in China to share our top local tips and tricks, highlighting our favorite food, hotels, and experiences, as well as sharing resources. If you're joining or catching up on past episodes, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. And lastly, if you're interested in traveling China with us or attending any of our other virtual events, please visit our website at wildchina.com. For this episode, we're chatting with Michelle and Pat, a couple who first met in Chengdu and now live and work together in California, where they run the Society of Hearts Delight, an organization based out of a stunning historic landmark building in San Jose, which facilitates events and discussions for the Bay Area Chinese professionals community. Welcome to the China Travel Podcast, everybody. My name is Zhang Mei, and I'm the lucky one who gets to chat with interesting guests to explore a destination in China every week. By destination, I mean, it really, it's a very broad definition. It could be a village, a city, or just simply a way of life, right? And today we go to Chengdu, the capital city of Sichuan province. And I'm lucky to have two guests with me. Michelle and Pat, welcome. And Michelle, I know you uh, grew up in Chengdu. You're from that area. And Pat, you're from California, right? Yes, from San Jose, Silicon Valley. Huh? Fantastic. So you are really back home. Maybe the two of you could take a minute to introduce yourselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, my name is Michelle Zhang. And I, I grew up in Sichuan and Xinjiang. And uh, I moved to Chengdu in 2003 for my law school. So I lived in Chengdu for 14 years. Basically, Chengdu is a city I lived longest in my life uh, so far. I really love Chengdu. And I moved to San Jose, California with my wife four years ago. But I really (laughs) miss Chengdu very much. So I'm very happy uh, to be here to talk about Chengdu with Meijie. Yeah, I I guess that makes me Michelle's wife, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Pat, and you said with your wife, I want to make sure that it's with me, right? (laughs) Uh, I'm from from San Jose, and I have kind of a long, windy path how I ended up in China. People are always curious. I was a student at University of Washington. My major was quite unique, called the Comparative History of Ideas. And as a a requirement for that, you have to study abroad for at least a year. You have to study a foreign language. And there was a wonderful exchange program through uh, Professor Stephen Harrell, who is a renowned anthropologist and expert on Chinese, published several books. And he really took me under his wing and persuaded me to take the leap on this crazy journey. I'd I'd never been to, to China and I had never heard of Chengdu. So... It was quite remarkable that I ended up in my favorite city in China. So, wow, that that's quite a journey to start from a city that you never knew about, for it to become your favorite city in China. That that's quite a a trip, right? Since you approached Chengdu from a, a perspective, maybe a lot of our guests are from, not knowing where it is. Pat, could you help to orient us a little bit? Where is it, and what makes it so different? Sure. You know, and I, I I really have traveled quite a bit around China and Chengdu is my, my favorite part of China. I mean, Yunnan is very beautiful too, but anyway, that's a different podcast. Uh, Chengdu is We have a capital. fight about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it depends on what you're what you're looking for, right? They're very different. I mean, China is just so diverse. So Chengdu is a capital of Sichuan province. So in Southwest China, it's sort of, if you're looking at a map, it looks like it's right in the middle. And just like we call San Francisco, Northern California, even though they're physically on the map, San Francisco is kind of on the coast and towards the middle of California, but there's not so much happening to the north of San Francisco in terms of major cities. Like it tends to be more like uh, like Humboldt, like countryside and beautiful landscape up there. So Chengdu is kind of like that where it's, it's you know, called Southwest China because there's not a whole lot of uh, major populations sort of further west of there. So it's a capital of, of Sichuan and it's a city of, last I checked, I think it had 16 million which just blows people's minds because they think, oh, it must be some, you know, smaller city, but it's quite huge, actually. Yes. And Michelle, what would you say, like, when you talk to people about Chengdu, what do you think, how do you present the city? What is it famous for? Too many things. Mm -hmm. Like, I I love to uh, tell people it's full capital, Mm. leisure, famous for leisure kind of lifestyle, and T capital, LGBTQ capital, and people always lit up. I think it's hilarious <laughs> that you're not even mentioning pandas. That's what everybody says. Uh, yeah, but, because uh, we are too familiar with pandas. But right. pandas for us is not. <laughs> right, yeah. That's, right. Th- that's a very interesting point. So Chengdu for everybody outside of China, mm-hmm. panda was like the first thing. Panda is the only reason, almost. People want to travel to Chengdu, right? But but for, for people who actually love Chengdu, who live there, Chengdu has so much more, right? Right, it's mm-hmm. down the list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very I interesting. I mean, the pandas are amazing, but there is really like a, a ton. I, I would definitely say food, tea, leisure. It's also um, kind of uh, the unofficial hip-hop uh, capital of China. Yeah. Great like underground folk, hip-hop folk scene. music. Really? Culture mm-hmm. thing is uh-huh. huge there. There, there's an openness to people in Chengdu that that I don't find, I didn't find personally as much in other parts of China. And I actually was talking to the China correspondent for BBC News. And he was saying, when you're doing covering a news story in other parts of China, maybe they want to know who are you, why are you asking me questions a little bit. But in, China, in Chengdu, they're like, let me tell you all about it. This guy over here, you know, like people are just, very, people are more extroverted and more, Friendly to strangers than perhaps mm-hmm. other parts of China. More I mean, we're talking in broad strokes, but I, that was definitely my experience. No, mm-hmm. I like that, actually. I, I think it's whenever I think of a city, I try to capture the feel, the, 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 the sort of, yeah, the gut feel of how different the city is, right? And mm-hmm. in my memory, I've been to Chengdu a few times, but it's a, it's a more shallow encounter with Chengdu. It's... It's the way of life there. Just people are relaxed. Just surely by counting the number of tea houses that oh, yes. are yeah. <laughs> available. Definitely. It seems like the whole city mm-hmm. is not working. Everyone's in tea houses. <laughs> but what you're saying is actually uh, economy is pretty strong in Chengdu too. Right. So it's it's like got a great startup scene. The, the be- mm-hmm. Yeah. Best uh, uh, life-work balance city. I agree yeah, with that. It, it, that yeah. That's the second thing I was going to get to was the shock (laughs) 
of luxury goods stores, right? If oh, for yeah. oh for yeah. any of the you know Louis Vuitton or whatever these big brands, they would choose to open the shop in Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. The next, the only inner city. When I say inner, inner China, right? The, the mm-hmm. only inner city they would choose is Chengdu. I try to explain this to people who haven't been to Chengdu because, or to China. It and and then the fact that Michelle and I met in a lesbian bar, and the first thing that people say is, "There's a lesbian bar in in China," and and, and it really shows how people don't know just how diverse China can be, and in particular, I think Cheng, Chengdu. It, it has a wide range of cultural experiences. And, you know, if you want to be a hippie, if you want to be a tech person, if you want to, if you want to be luxury, if you, if you want to be into traditional culture, Tai Chi, yeah, and the park, everything. Yeah. This is very diverse. Yeah. Very diverse. Yeah. And interesting. Right. So, so for most people thinking of a city, uh, last week, by the way, I had the, uh, the, for good fortune of talking to someone from Chongqing. And he told me there was like 32, 33 million people there, right? And now today we're talking about Chengdu with, what, 16 million people. And it just seems like it it can be very, it can feel impersonal because it's such a big mm-hmm. city and everyone gets lost. Yet one of the feature feelings that I had, and I think Pat and Michelle, you both referred to that, is the sense of everyone open-heartedly sort of embrace you into the city. And it doesn't feel like you're disappearing into a sprawling uh, big city, but instead it feels very livable. Every street, I totally agree you, you know your neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. The, the street and corner noodle shops. Different districts have different their, feelings. Yeah, have their own uh, city uh, kind of street proper. And, and, I, and I, I would run into people. I didn't feel like I was in a city of 16 million. I would run yeah. into friends like out and about. It definitely <laughs> has, yeah. It, <laughs> Zhang means laughing. Like it just sounds incredible, <laughs> right? A city of 16 it million. Is. It, it, it really is. is. One thing I really enjoyed, it was like driving towards Qingchengshan, mm-hmm. which is the Taoist mountain outside, two hours outside of Chengdu. And along the way, there are these bamboo groves, beautiful scenery with the streams. And then you get to a farmhouse. They have these strips of homemade bacon, hanging, uh-huh. la rou, uh-huh. hanging, uh-huh. right? It's like in wintertime, you go to the countryside around Chengdu everywhere. Almost like every farmhouse is curing their own meat. <laughs> okay, now that we've gone down the path of food, uh, we need to talk about this now, the Chengdu. It's very hard for people to understand, like, you know, first of all, Chinese food has so many varieties. And then my guest last week was talking about the difference between Chongqing food and Chengdu food. Mm. What, what to you, what dishes, let's talk about, makes Chengdu, Chengdu for you? Like when okay, you think before, about it. Oh, you're going to definitely have a lot to say about that. But mm. before we get into the actual dishes, mm. I'm going to make a joke uh, that will capture the spirit, the difference between <laughs> Chengdu and Chongqing. I think you know uh-huh. what I'm going to say. So, you know, one of the things that is a common saying in, in Chinese, in, in Chengdu is, you know, manmanshi. But in Chengdu, they say manmanshi, manmanshi, which means like, take it easy, like eat slowly, like, you know, take your time to eat. Right. So I'm saying it with the kind of the Citronese style. But in Chongqing, they say, 
which means eat faster. <laughs> so here you have two major, you know, major, major. food hubs. Made, and, and, and they're not even that far away. They're like, what, a two-hour train ride or something away? Yeah. And, and yes. in one place, they say, take it easy, take your time to eat, no rush. And the other one, they're like, come on, hurry up, finish up. And so to me, this, <laughs> this is also part of the food culture. It's a different feeling between the two places. So uh, Chengdu has four famous, it's called four, uh, four famous uh, snacks and developed very well, long ch- uh, like wontons and uh, baozi and another couple of dish- uh, dishes and for uh, travelers. And the, the, the snack industry is more refined in, 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 in Chengdu. But in Chongqing, you have to just go to different kind of shops. One distinction, I think in particular, the snack, the wording itself would conjure up very different images here in California, right? My kids talk about snack, going to Safeway, it's like Cheetos and uh, it shows you how, how good a mother I am. Um, <laughs> it's right. impossible so, to be a mother in the U.S. and avoid that, right? Right. So, so they're talking about snacks that immediately it's like not very healthy, like they don't eat nuts, maybe some almonds. So those are little dry things that people snack on with their fingers. But in China, when we say xiaochi or snack, Michelle, you were referring to, it's really like a bowl of noodles, a bowl of dumplings Mm -hmm. that if you just have a little bowl, it's, yeah, you are not going to be totally full. It just whets your appetite for more, right? But you can order two of those little guys, little yes, bowls, and have a meal. You eat many bowls. You eat like six or eight. <laughs> All different kind of delicious uh, snacks uh, for one meal. It's so, it feels just kind of so rich, that kind of uh, fit, uh, experience. Everything is around the food. It's all about the food. I used to tell my students that, you know, because I went on to work for University of Washington in China, and I would tell my students, I said, you cannot understand Chinese culture unless you sit around with locals around a table and eat together and really, and take your, like, there's a thing, like, take your, the table will just be piled, like, they'll put the plates on the table and they'll they'll stack the plates, they'll overlap with each other going up like a pyramid on the table in front of you. It's insane. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I think you know you, you're making me a little hungry now about Chengdu food. But let's let's um, zoom out a little bit and talk about Chengdu as a travel destination, right? And what you see as the main draws for travelers. Hmm. What do you think? I basically I uh to shop, to eat, to enjoy the the, the culture. Music, music yeah, uh, museums, and the beautiful natural landscapes around Chengdu, like jurisdiction. Yeah. So, so Michelle, I'm gonna ask you as a someone who lived in Chengdu, mm-hmm. your top three secret, your favorites, your your heart's delight of Chengdu. I I love these uh, parks. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of really cool many, parks. Many cool parks. Like, for example, uh, Huanghuaxi uh, Park. I don't know if you, you've been to Huanghuaxi Park. 
Yes, it's a public park. It's a totally free. It's so beautiful, well designed. Mm-hmm. You have lake. You have all. Um, it's People just can go paddle uh, boating out on the lake. People yeah. sit around. I mean, the tea and playing mahjong and doing and tai chi. Yeah, it's just so beautiful park. And and the Wangjiang Park uh, is uh, next to Sichuan University and uh-huh. has uh, a lot of bamboo. I, I call bamboo forest. Bamboo, like, <laughs> like groves. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so sounds beautiful, great. and you you can sit uh, under the bamboo uh, groves to drink tea. It's a great place can, to people watch. Yeah, especially also also free. I think that park and the people's park. Wow, that is so lively. Like mm-hmm. you, <laughs> right so in many the city people. center. And, yeah, uh, like oh, uh, older you know retired people. <laughs> no. Perform their thing, dance. Yes, I will say there's a big public, like the public life in Mm -hmm. Chengdu. Like you suddenly, like a space just outside of a bank. When the bank closes, suddenly that space will turn into like a dancing square. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so this is uh, like um, uh, parks, and we uh, uh, food. Okay, we already talked about food, and the nightlife in Chengdu is so lively. Nightlife. Mm. There, like for example, Jiu Yanqiao. Mm-hmm. is uh, yeah, there's a uh, multiple bar streets. Mm-hmm. And Jiu Yanqiao, there's Jiu Yanqiao uh, Lake, uh, uh-huh. very beautiful ancient uh, architect there. You know, on on a bridge, super beautiful, light up at night. It's really really lovely. I I strongly recommend that. Yeah, bar street. <laughs> My favorite, if you ask me, my favorite kind of food I miss the most, I, I would say chuan chuan. Mm. But there are, if you ask me, oh, what's your favorite chuan chuan restaurant? It's so that, hard for me to maybe even No, no I, I get it. It's but like, you, you have to explain to us what chuan chuan is. Okay, chuan chuan is like, so you have kebab sticks. Ke, yeah, ke, ke, kebab sticks, you, you put in the basically hot pots. So you have a, a broad variety of food. If you walk in, into a, a Chuan Chuan place, the, that they, you string onto the... They have maybe, maybe more than 100 kind of type of food on the, uh, the kebab sticks. Like they, you, you can boil even mantou, you can uh, boil some... Any, mantou is like yeah, a, mantou like into, a bread. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, jiaozi into uh, dumplings. Uh, uh, like into the hapa. Why I love Chuan Chuan uh, the most? Because uh, Chuan Chuan always has the best uh, marinated beef. And mm. and they cut the meat very, very small, very, very tiny little pieces. So I think mm. a lot of Americans aren't used to that. They're used to like a big chunk of meat. Beef, marinated beef, uh, kind of uh. Uh, sticks. So you. So imagine a vat of yeah. Imagine a vat of boiling, like goodness, like it's like this concoction of spices and oils, and like this big vat of boiling broth. And then you have these long kebab sticks. I mean, hundreds of them, hundreds of them. And you it, you load them onto your tray, and then you put all these. You load them in so they're sticking up vertically. So all you have all these like like hundreds like. I feel like hundreds of sticks sticking out. Hundreds <laughs> of different kind of food. 
Yeah. So, so Pat, maybe you can pick out like three varieties that mm-hmm. is just mind-blowingly strange. Chuan chuan. Like mantou is one of them. This is steamed buns. Mm-hmm. And you put that on kebab stick and pudding hot pot. That's quite unusual. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, seaweed. maybe Americans might, seaweed. Yeah. Maybe Americans might not be as familiar with like quail eggs. These little tiny quail eggs is really good in Chuan Chuan. Um, uh, leeks. Leeks. Uh-huh. Oh, no, that intestines. Yeah. yeah, I was going to, I was going to say some internal, <laughs> like some internal <laughs> organs that maybe Americans aren't used to. I used to be squeamish about that, but you know, over time I would say like, what is this? And when Michelle would say, just eat it. <laughs> later. And then I would find out, oh, that was rabbit stomach or something, you know, and I'd be like, well, actually that was quite good. You actually, know? rabbit stomach and the rabbit heads. A oh, rabbit so head is very famous. famous it's kind of sad. Rabbits are cute, but it's, it's good. Yeah, it is kind of sad. That reminds me of my chats with Fuchsia Dunlop, right, who writes about mm. Sichuan food uh, famously. And she used to say, like, you know, when she first got there, she had to, like, learn how to eat all these strange mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. But once she mastered yes. it, she became very good. She actually, when we traveled together, she would eat more stranger stuff than I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think getting out, just getting outside of Chengdu proper to go to these small family farms is one of the most special things you can do. I mean, obviously, there are tourist destinations like the museums and you know, Sichuanese opera, like people, you know, go to see the pandas, you know, Zhou Yanchao for like the the music scene in the bar street, like all of those things. But I would say the people watching in Chengdu is just so fantastic. Like I agree with Michelle, actually going to the parks and when you walk down the street, even you can hear the mahjong tiles just clicking together when they're mixing them up and they're getting ready for a new game. And, you know, the park culture, if you go early in the morning to see the variety of activities there is really fun. There's this one game where they these old old people were like whip. They have a whip in their hand and they whip this spinning dreidel with a whip. So this dreidel is spinning and they and, and it's like a thing. And it's so entertaining to watch because they're like these old people with like this whip, you know. <laughs> it's so I don't know how to describe it, but but also the so the the morning scene in the parks, right? The afternoon scene with the tea culture and the mahjong, right? The, and then the, and then the nightlife with you know if you want the clubs or whatever you can. I never was really too into that, but it's fun to go check it out. Mm. You know what I'm hearing as a common theme between both of you is really a traveler going to Chengdu should probably just not focus so much on certain sites to hit. I mean, we will share right. the sites that you you both generously shared with us on the show notes later on, but more just leaving lots of ample of free time to yes. people watch, to soaking. I mean, that's really the way people in Chengdu live. And if you adopt a similar bandwidth of activity intensity, you might end up enjoying the city more. Okay. One last bit for, for our listeners to be able to act on hotel recommendations. I know for locals who live in a city, you don't really stay in hotels, but which are your favorite that you've seen? Well, I mean, <laughs> I have to plug the place where we Temple had our house. big, yeah, where we had our big, big we had a big wedding in, 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 in China, in yeah. Chengdu. 
And it was, it's a very, uh, very beautiful. In fact, it was named by Condé Nast as the number one city hotel in all of Asia. It's, it's kind of remarkable. And I know where that is. Yes. Your favorite and mine too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, both Michelle and Pat, for sharing your love for Chengdu. I think, I think everyone can hear it in the voice. You know, I, I hope I, we gave enough. We maybe can set, think of other recommendations, but it really is about the spirit and the, the energy of Chengdu. That's that's my number one recommendation for people visiting is get out there, talk to strangers, wander down streets, wander into places, have that kind of mindset and you won't be disappointed. And uh, I'll add one more thing. The best, uh, it's just my opinion, the best uh, season to visit Chengdu is around uh, March, April. Mm. <laughs> because March, April, because the weather and <laughs> yeah, the weather is so lovely. Yeah, because um, quite Chengdu can be quite overcast. You know, it's in a basin, so it can be quite uh, kind of like San Francisco, like overcast. Not you don't see the blue sky that often. You know, mm, like Seattle. Yeah. I should compare it to Seattle more. Mm, yeah, and but, but you're right. Summer is a little bit hot, so we'll mm-hmm. try to go there. Hopefully next spring, right? <laughs> Perfect. 2022. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much, both of you, for taking the time. And I hope everyone enjoyed listening to sort of the feel and the excitement, enthusiasm for Chengdu, and come back and join us again. Next episode, we'll find a different destination of China to explore. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you. Thank you. Wild China Travel presents the China Travel Podcast, hosted by me, Kendra Tombolato, and Wild China founder, Mei Zhang. In this series, we'll be traveling to a different place in China each week to share our local tips and expert travel advice. To catch our weekly podcasts, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.